You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokele live from Seattle, Washington, USA. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for another incredible uh, session here of the African Father in America podcast. I hope you are all doing well. Um, you know, it's really, really a privilege uh, to have your time and to have your support consistently. Uh, of course, today I have amazing guests. I'm going to show you who my guests are today. Um, but we also have a big community of people who are joining us on Clubhouse. Uh, I see that we've been joined by the wonderful Cubs and also Lavender. Uh, and of course, I see Akeng and Janelle. Uh, I want to encourage you all on Clubhouse to take a minute and uh, you know ping in three to five people to join us for today's conversation as well. Uh, and uh, without further ado, I'm just going to bring my guests here on stage. Uh, I have William Jackson, who is my actual guest, but he took the opportunity and uh, you know brought Ida. Uh, who is his um, better half, his wife, who they work together closely. So uh, it's just, um, you know, it's just uh, a bonus that we get to have the two of you today. Uh, so maybe I'll just give you a moment here to say hello before we begin. So William, just say hi quickly, and then we hear from Ida, and then uh, we continue on with the conversation. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, where everyone is. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening from Jacksonville, Florida, and we are um, honored to be here again, and thank you. Good morning, all. Thank you so much for having me here at the last minute. <laughs> I appreciate it, and uh, looking forward to it. Excellent, excellent. Thank you again uh, for taking the time. Uh, you know, both of you, William and Ida, you know, uh, I deeply appreciate the support that you're giving the African Father in America podcast. As usual, we are going to start with uh, an incredible African proverb. And today we are going to Liberia, uh, where we have a proverb from the Jabu community. And this proverb says that if a child washes his hands, he could eat with kings. If a child washes his hands, he could eat with kings. If you're watching this on YouTube, tell me in the comments what this proverb brings to your mind. You know, uh, African proverbs are, are are supposed to bring curiosity. They're supposed to bring, um, you know, they're supposed to allow you to, to think, you know. And so I want to see what you're thinking and what you're curious about when you hear this amazing uh, Jabo proverb from Liberia, if a child washes his hands, he could eat with kings. Now, I have three nuggets of wisdom that I'm going to share with you that are uh, connected to this proverb. Uh, and um, the first one here says that, uh, the first one says that value yourself and your actions. Value yourself and your actions. The second one says that invest in your invest in yourself and respect others you know if you if you invest in yourself you're most likely going to respect others because you can easily detect that others are also investing in themselves and if they're not you can easily identify how to support them and then finally hygiene and manners are essential you know uh, i love this last one hygiene and manners are essential you know there's no shortcut about that so um you know i want you to think about that i want you to meditate on the proverb and also on the three nuggets of wisdom while we now go deeper to the to the deep end of the conversation where uh i want to bring on my guest you know william jackson uh who is a you know a certified virtual reality educator and also a STEM educator and advocate for STEM education, uh, and also an international uh, educator because, uh, you know, William, my understanding is that you also have students in, 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 in Uganda, and uh, I think you have presence in different parts of, of Africa, 
but your background this is not the first time i'm interviewing you this is not the first time we are interacting but i know that your background is in education you know from uh, working for many years in the american education system and uh, really really impacting many many students uh, i want to hear more i want to hear more and really one of the things i normally ask my guests is for my guests to share a childhood story that inspires the work that they do you know and for us today we are lucky because you brought your wife too you know so we want to hear two stories one from you uh, really about a childhood story that inspires not just the work you do today but inspires the you know marriage is a is a job too you know and uh, what is it that happened in your childhood that you know inspires the work you do in your relationship that allows you both to be able to continue sitting next to each other continue working and impacting the world together well thank you um i want to give a, a big shout out to my students as you said in uganda um they're watching on youtube uh, we usually have a class on wednesday morning but this worked out perfectly because we had class for a half hour and I brought them into um, the program, like you, like you were saying on uh, on YouTube. But to answer your question about the inspiration, um, actually, Aida and I we had a, a conversation earlier, early this week about uh, what inspired me about the actual idea of going of going to Africa. And way back, and I used to kid about this. Uh, way back in elementary school, when I was in elementary school, fifth grade, um, I had a teacher that taught about Africa. And actually, her lesson was about Kenya, but she talked about Jomo Kenyatta and the work that he was doing. And it just so inspired me so much. And it so, you know, filled me with the idea that one day I could go to Africa, one day I could visit. And I've always had that that fire and that passion within me to do that. And it was such amazing to me that, um, you know, in elementary school, something that you learn that far back, you know, in, in the early 70s. And I always joke with the kids that I work with about when I went to school, dinosaurs were walking the planet. So, you know, I kind of bring them in in a humorous way that, uh, you know, it was quite a while, but still, Things that you learn in elementary can inspire you all through your life. And Aida and I, you know, we've talked several times about traveling to Africa, you know, coming over there and, and teaching and being involved in ministry and just sharing our knowledge, you know, um, you know, wherever we can go and wherever we can visit and do some do the works. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. I was just going to say it's the, the hard part is deciding where, right? Because we have students in Uganda and Nigeria and Kenya and South Africa. So we might be there for a while. <laughs> we might be traveling around for a while. Yeah, yeah well, um, start with Kenya and then you yes. can you can leave your 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 check-in luggage in Kenya and just travel with your backpacks across Africa. <laughs> uh -huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you but, know, I'm saying and that, but also it's true because logistically, uh, it's easiest to get across Africa from Kenya. You know, uh, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Majority of Africans, including Ugandans, when they want to go to Europe or America, they first come to Kenya. They get their visas from Kenya, and then uh, you know most of the international airlines, uh, you know, uh, have their hubs in Kenya. You know. Uh, okay. Microsoft, Amazon, uh, you know, you name it. You know, they have right. their hubs in, in, in Kenya. So I, I, I am advising you as a logistics expert in this <laughs> in <you>. this situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think you are supposed, you are just about to say something, then I jumped in. So I'll let you finish your thought and then we'll continue on with our conversation. Uh, I just quickly want to give a shout out to Brother Rushi, uh, Stella, Brother Arth, Kesiwa, Kiden. You know, we've been joined here by an amazing community of brothers and sisters from across the world. I see Nef, I see Roki, and I see Oga. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, join us on the stage. Take a minute, share the link to the room. 
with the rest of the world uh, across social media if you're on Clubhouse. If you're on YouTube, take a minute and make sure you subscribe to the channel and give this video also a thumbs up. Uh, Mr. Williams, carry on, please. Well, I, would, I was just going to say, as you were talking, um, you know, it's interesting. You look at the way technology has allowed us to connect in so many different ways. And you, you, you know, you shared it right there through YouTube, um, all the other platforms that are available, Clubhouse, and your ability and what you're doing to touch so many lives, but then also make those connections for like future collaborations, um, future uh, cooperations as far as business and education and, and technology and just the knowledge that we're sharing and it's being recorded and it's being shared with uh, different generations as well. And that takes me back to what you were saying about the um, Liberian proverb. You know, you never know in some cases where you're going to end up, what you're going to be doing, who you're going to be engaged in. So the washing of the hands is important because you want to make sure that, you know, you're you're clean of mind, you're clean of spirit, um, you're clean of intentions because the world is, a, is in a global economic community. And, you know, as it's known, it's better to cooperate and collaborate than it is to compete. And, you know, Aida, one of the things that we do is um, we joke about every once in a while, this is not a competition. Uh, it's a collaboration and a cooperation. So, you know, we're speaking at conferences. We have a couple of conferences coming up. You know, we joke about, you know, uh, being invited, given the chance to speak and talk. But we want to make sure that when we're talking and, and involved in things, we're in alignment to promoting positive energy, um, as you said, the washing of hands, making sure that what we share is positive, what we're doing is beneficial to um, others around us. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's great that you're promoting that and that you're sharing that because we have to build this global community and, and empower Africa. You know, Africa is, like I said last time, is the youngest continent in the world. And there's so much potential for it to grow and so much potential for it to be influential. But we have to make sure not only do we just wash our hands, but we help others wash their hands as well through our friendliness and openness and blessings to each other. I love that. I love that completely. Uh, Ida, what do you have to say about this proverb yourself uh, and also we haven't talked about the childhood story that keeps you guys together as a couple uh, and also keeps you guys working together. I would love to hear, you know, a lot of the time as young, uh, uh, you know, people of African descent, a lot of us are watching, your students are watching. And one of the biggest struggles uh, is actually staying together with your partner, you know, uh, because if you can have somebody that you are closely uh, committed to, it makes life easier, you know, it makes your career easier. And if you get somebody who is passionate about what you're doing and you're passionate about what they're doing, uh, the way you guys are, you know, the last time I interviewed you, Ida was right there, but she was not on screen. But today, <laughs> I think you were just like, I want you to be here with me today. You know, it's it seems like it's coming natural to you guys. So we want to, we want to get some encouragement from you all uh, so that, you know, we're, we are not always just fighting each other. You know, one of the things that I don't like about social media lately is that there's just an increase in the number of young black men battering and beating up young black women, not here in the diaspora only, but even back in Africa, you know. We, we need to see more pictures like this one of yours, you know. <laughs> so talk to us about, uh, Aida, talk to us about the proverb briefly and then talk to us about, you know, a childhood story that really reminds you uh, of of today that, you know, um, when I think about that story, I think about this handsome man next to me and I think about this amazing work that we are doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so can you hear me? Oh, yes, I hear you very well. Yeah, keep going. You know, um, so when I thought about the, the proverb, what I really thought about was preparation, right? So if you are prepared 
to eat at the table. So before we go to eat, we obviously, we wash our hands and this is a metaphor for us having preparation. And my first, when you asked about my childhood story, what started me on my path, um, it really was my mom preparing me. Um, she was very insistent on us being educated. Um, you know, as much as, you know, when, when I was growing up, everyone was like, oh, you're pretty, but pretty wasn't enough for my mom. It was like, you gotta be smart too. Like, so she really pushed education, um, learning. And then also I was an artist. So she really pushed my art education as well. She took me to museums. She took me to poetry readings. And what really inspired me as far as being a part of the, the um, African diaspora was, uh, there's a poem in Puerto Rico. It's called, Y tu abuela a donde esta? And it's, it talks about the colonialism in Puerto Rico that people, you know, have some negative things to say about people of color in our in our country but then they remind them like well where's your grandmother isn't your grandmother a colored woman where why is she in the kitchen why are you hiding her isn't that a part of your own history and that that was so impactful to me and i knew from that point and i was a very young girl that i was going to push forward the fact that i have african blood and i'm very proud of it and i'm very proud of who i am so that preparation brought me to this place. And so when William and I met, what was wonderful is that we have mutual childhood stories about our mothers preparing us, getting us ready, um, being a part of technology. So both of our mothers were involved in technology on some, on some level. My mother had her own computer store. She built her own computers. His mother was very much into technology as an educator. As technology grew, she learned about technology and insisted that he learn too. So when we met, being writers, being educators, being into technology, it was an instant interest. Yeah. You know, yeah. we didn't get involved together instantly. We were friends for four years before we yeah. actually had a relationship. But it was those commonalities and that preparation that really kept bringing us together and talking. And before you knew it, we started a relationship. Yeah. So now, um, as a couple, that is really what propels us like we don't we already had our opportunity now we want others to be prepared so that's what really pushes us like we know technology is the future we know education it cannot be put aside um our educational system is failing so many of our youth so we're like well we can fill up the gap wherever we can and however we can so it doesn't matter what we're going through i can assure you as you said marriage is work <laughs> you know there's times when it's like oh it's wonderful it's spectacular it's i can't even i really did marry my dream boat he's he's pretty awesome <laughs> so but you know there are times when there is there are struggles but our mission doesn't change our desire to push forward doesn't change and because of that we just set it aside, we'll work it out, but we're gonna keep pushing forward. And I think that's really what helps us right. keep pressing. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. and I, I think for, um, to go along with what Aida says, you know, I, I know and I recognize my limitations in certain areas. Um, and one of them is the arts, uh, being creative and applying that. So I don't, um, I don't um, disillusion myself that I can do it all. As some, you know, some guys say I can do it all. I can do everything, but then you put yourself at a disadvantage because you can learn from your spouse, or you can learn from your girlfriend, or you can learn from your partner things that strengthen you and help you be a better person. And in that way, you complement each other. Um, you know, too many times I think guys want to compete to show how masculine they are or how smart they are or whatever, but it should be more of complimenting each other, helping each other. So that way, both of you grow further together. And it just, you know, it's based on respect. Like I said, you know, you're not going to agree all the time, but then you try to compromise. You try to look at the goals ahead of you and how you're going to grow. And that's really important. And to, to go back what you're saying, the proverb is, you know, um, if if in a metaphor, if my hands are dirty, 
Aida will say, you know, you can correct this or you can make a correction. So that encouraged me to wash my hands to be better prepared for the future. And the same with her. Um, if she's doing something, I can say, you know, maybe you can try it this way or maybe you could try it that way. So in a way that we're washing each other's hands. And when we're working with young people, giving them suggestions and ideas, um, as we do with the classes, and it's great to see the class, you know, on YouTube watching that you help each other and you collaborate because you never know what the future holds and how you influence other people's lives. I would just like to just add to what he was just saying as far as for helping each other. You know, I'll tell anyone and, and we will say, I either send me an email. I'm like, if you get an email, it's not going to be from me. <laughs> it's going to be from him. He is. That's what he's good at. You know, and I think that if we stop focusing on the negative part, and I think that's what happens, especially in social media there, you know, I don't believe in man bashing. You know, I is from many long before my husband and I got together. I, I used to say to women all the time, like, if you want something good, stop looking at all the negative stuff, like stop putting down you. We need to build up. And I, and this, and, you know, I'm not, I'm gonna get on my soapbox for a second, ladies. We need to build up our men. We really do. We have to stop focusing on negative things. There are so many wonderful things and we complement each other. That's what really is the glue that holds us together. We complement one another. You know, there are things that I'm good at that he accesses and there's things that he's good at that I access. And because of that, we've propelled further, faster together. So, yeah. And I, and not and I continuously encourage young men don't, as I said, don't let social media influence you, who you're supposed to like, or who you supposed to fall in love with, or, or, you know, those areas, look at the person for the person and the qualities that you admire and that you're able to grow together and work together. Cause that's, what's important that that builds relationships and, you know, you're not going to be young forever. Um, your ideas and career ideas may change, but you look at how you can build for the future and how you can support each other and not just support each other, each other, but support your community. Um, because I, if you would have asked me 10 years ago about doing some of the things that we do now, I would have never thought that, you know, being blessed to meet you and others and Stephen that's listening in Uganda and Victor, you know, that's in Kenya and uh, others in, uh, in Nigeria, you know, I would have never thought that, but having someone to support the vision and, and being prayerful about it too, being led the correct way. And, you know, don't let other negative energy and, and move you different ways you don't want to go. Beautiful, beautiful. I could listen to both of you, uh, you know, for a long time, for a long time. Uh, so I thank you. And I thank our wonderful, uh, you know, friends and family, brothers and sisters who are joining us on YouTube. Thank you so much. Take a minute, make sure you give this video a thumbs up and also comment down below so that we know that you are following the story. Let us know where you're joining us from, where in the world you're joining us from, and also what today's proverb means to you. Uh, for those who are on Clubhouse, uh, I can't wait to hear what you all have to say uh, about this beautiful conversation that we are having uh, with William Jackson. And while we were setting up for the show, uh, I saw his wife next to him. And last time when I interviewed him, his wife was also next to him. So I said, why don't you all just come together so that we do this interview with both of you? And I think I made the right decision because this is turning out to be such an enriching conversation. Um, but if you're hearing from, about William Jackson for the first time, he's an educator, uh, he's a certified virtual reality educator and a STEM, STEAM educator and advocate for STEAM education. Uh, one of the things that fascinate me about you is that you live here in the U.S., in Florida, but you are, as we speak, you have a bunch of students from Uganda that are actually listening to you. If you look at the comments on YouTube, they are following and they are very, very proud to be associated with you. And these are students that you've probably never met, you know? Right. And I want you both to talk about this, you know, talk about being uh, people of African descent, uh, you know, across the pond. Why is it important 
for you uh, to impact the lives of young African people, especially like your students that are currently watching? And uh, what would you say to other people of African descent who are highly qualified like you all, who are probably working for Microsoft, working for Google? What would you, what would you tell them about the feeling that you have in your heart right now because of the impact that you're having on other people right now? Um, I would say study the past history of Africa uh, because that's been neglected. Um, years ago, I used to study the writings of Chinua Achebe, um, Wale Shilinka, and Nugiji uh, about how colonialism really uh, destroyed the idea of the greatness of the continent of Africa and the people. And unfortunately, globally, um, I, um, Africa is not projected in a positive light. Um, it is not just um, uh, villages, it's not just huts, it's not poverty. It's, you know, you can find that anywhere in the world, but there are a lot of wonderful cities in Africa. There are wonderful communities. Um, they are amazing people, and historically, everything that we have now basically came from Africa. And when you study the history, you understand the impact of, you know, what Africa means to the world since its creation by God. And you know, we go by, you know, our faith and um, and what we believe in. Um, this world is is based on. Um, our faith in God, our faith in Christ, because historically, when you look at it, where are the amazing things that we have and we use today? Where did they originate? Africa. And, you know, the tragedy of colonialism was the mindset that not to allow Africans to learn, not to allow Africans to share their stories through storytelling, um, not to allow Africans to see the positive and wonderful things that have happened historically on the continent, but only the negative things. Um, Chinua Achebe in one of his books wrote that um, there was what, what was called the Textbook Act. And the Textbook Act was enforced by the British where if there were books, all the books represented a negative stereotype of Africans. And unless you had those type of books, you were not allowed to read any other books or documents that were building up Africa or showing Africa in a, in a wonderful light and the uh, contributions and a lot of other authors as well. And it's important that uh, young Africans, uh, middle-aged Africans, older Africans start rereading the books that have been written by authors and the wonderful history of Africa and the creation. If you want to talk about STEM and STEAM and where it came from, it came from Africa because you had years ago, science, technology, engineering, arts, the arts just explode and mathematics. Where do you think mathematics came from? It didn't come from Europe, it came from Africa. Even the concept of the metaverse that we celebrate and we use today came from Africa because the vision starts in the mind and Africans had the vision already of what the world looked like and it inspired them to be able to travel around the world and unfortunately the history books and the school books don't share that so the more that we talk about it the more that we inspire people to read the information and, and do research on the internet then they'll know and understand and, and again start appreciating what africa and the people have contributed and like i used to say i could get on my soapbox about this but um it's a beautiful thing to understand how we have contributed globally, um, Africans in the diaspora, to what this world uses and celebrates now. But we have to remember the origins. Yeah, for for me, it is twofold. The first one is my great grandmother was a beautiful African woman, and unfortunately, though colonialism is very real in the island of Puerto Rico. And so she hated black people, which was kind of odd to me, um, but that's what she was taught. And as I grew older, I understood that this was some, a mindset that go, is all through the Caribbean. You see it in other countries as well. 
is this hatred for ourselves. And I just resolved that this would not be my life and this would not be who I was. So my goal has always been to lift up um, the continent and lift up our people and show the beauty of who we are. So I started here in the United States with our own children. We, we, we work with underserved um, students here in the United States as well. Um, but then when we had the opportunity to work with students in Africa, for us, it was also the amount of privilege. That's the yeah. second part. Like we have so much privilege here in the United States. You know, our kids go to elementary school, middle school, high school free, you mm -hmm. know, and sometimes even into college. And to find out that many of our many of our students that we work with in um, on the continent do not get to go to secondary school unless they pay was right. mind blowing to us. So we will we said we will do whatever we can on our end to try to help with the education, because as we've mentioned earlier, education is key. If we want to see the continent grow, we have to have an educated people. Right. I love that. I love that. Now, this is a just a dream question. Uh, and okay. then we go we go to our audience members well we go to our contributors you know we have uh, a, a number of contributors who are some of them are my team members some of them are people who have actually built this platform from the ground up this is a dream question if you yeah. if you were to be given a piece of land uh, so that you could build a, a school oh. in africa specifically for right. the kind of work that you're currently doing uh you know uh how would it feel like when the building is done and you're now walking around the building and students are oh, wow. streaming in and uh you know you're living this dream beyond uh america how would that feel like <laughs> that would that would just fulfill that would just be a, a one of like the ultimate blessing to be able to do that see, see me i, I kind of think in a different aida just laughed at me but uh <laughs> I would have, you know, already in my mind, a 10 year, 20 year, 30 year, 40 year, 50 year plan that when students come in, the type of curriculum that inspires creativity, innovation, uh, solving problems, uh, community engagement. Now, when when I say that this is across gender, generation, um, religion, all aspects because you cannot have a successful community um, if you ostracize um, people of different religions. You cannot have a successful society if you deny education to any group because a nation or a country or a city or state is only as strong as the, the person that has the lowest educational um, access because that person is still part of the community and they need to be educated to the best of their ability. Now, if that person ability allows them to finish high school um, and that's as far as they want to go, that's fine. But they have skills and talents, abilities that help them contribute to the community and contribute to society. And they still need to be built up and lifted up. But a school like that would be amazing because then as the students graduate or matriculate or leave, you make sure that they have skills and talents that can help them solve problems locally, across the continent, and even globally. And interesting enough, you know, when you when you think about that concept, it's not really that hard because there is enough money in governments to be able to do that. You just have to make sure that your curriculum aligns with the, um, the learning abilities and the learning styles of the students. So as we know, all students learn differently, um, but you meet their needs and the needs of the family as well. And um, uh, interesting enough, before we got online, I was talking to two young ladies and Aida had met them as well. Um, they are um, in the process of trying to go to secondary school, but unfortunately their parents don't always have the money for them to go. So we're trying to figure out how we can assist them and help them with school. And they're just wonderful young ladies, um, two sisters. They want to go to school. They want to learn. They have a passion for it. And, uh, you know, beyond just being educators, we're parents and grandparents. 
So we want to see how we can help them and support their education and let them know that they are supported, they are loved, they are cared for, even though we're thousands of miles away. And, you know, that goes for, you know, all children. But that would be wonderful. Um, I, I get, yeah. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead I Aida. Know, I get all teared up, just the, the idea, the thought. Because for me, it would be more than just a school. You know, in the, in the evenings, there would be like, you know, school classes for the parents because mm. we have to get our parents interested and on board with the importance of education for both right. the young men and their young women, that there is growth for the community, this opportunity for the community. Uh, one of the beautiful things about us as a people is community, right. is the fact that we come together and we gather together and through our storytelling, through our expression, that we we connect with one another. So there were definitely, as an artist, absolutely um, opportunities for the community to come together, to connect, to to share, but also for both the, the youth and for the adults to learn. That would be so incredible, just so incredible right. to have that yeah. opportunity. I, you know, I, I wouldn't even, you wouldn't even be able to talk to me because I'd be crying. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's happening. So yeah, so that yeah. would be just that's beautiful you know everything begins by words you know and now that we've spoken it uh it could happen so be ready oh. you know <laughs> yeah, yeah anyhow yeah if you're joining us just right now i've been having a beautiful conversation with william jackson and his his wife uh ida who have been sharing beautiful beautiful stories here with us uh not just about their life but about the work that they do uh, as educators you know these are lifelong educators uh, who met during the course of their work uh, and now they are continuing to impact the world not just their community in florida uh, and uh, you know we can't do this on our own you know even though my conversation with william and ida has been beautiful our community on YouTube is here watching and supporting. I want to give a shout out to Mkenya Americani, who is another great YouTuber from Kenya, based here in Seattle, doing a lot of great work with his YouTube channel and his work in media. Uh, and his life story is also quite incredible. I had the privilege of being interviewed by him about two weeks ago. You should uh, subscribe to his channel. Thank you for joining us. There's a lot of comments, uh, William, uh, about you both and the work you do. And uh, Anne, who is also watching, wants to know how they can support your organization. So I'll give you a chance towards the end of our time together to speak about that. You know, speak about how can everyone watching stay connected with you and support the work that you do. For now, I want to go to our friends and family and uh, contributors. I want to start with Cubs. Uh, just quickly share with us where you are joining us from, uh, anything that you picked up from my conversation with William Jackson and Ida that inspired you, and also your own interpretation on today's proverb. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much, Simon. Always good to be here. Hi, everybody in the room. Uh, I'm uh, in here well calling in from missouri um and yes um great uh topic um on the topic of the uh proverb um if a child washes his hands he could eat with kings i really um i like the way like william was weaving this proverb into his relationship with his wife into the way that um he does his work so i i'm, I'm just gonna um steal <laughs> Uh, his thoughts because it has influenced me um, clear of mind, spirit and intention. Um, so you clean your hands so that when you get into spaces, when you do things, when you interact with people, that you are coming with that sort of uh, openness because your hands figuratively uh, are, are, are washed or rather, yes, so your mind and your spirit and intention are clear. Um, I really appreciate the work you're doing, William and Ida. So wonderful to hear your story. I do have two questions when you have the chance to answer. Um, I just wanted to uh, uh, understand how do you find the students? What is that process? Um, how do you sustain the programs? And um, I don't know if you already have an exchange program that you have started. Um, and if you have, how is that going? And if you were to do it, how would you do it? And I'll end there. Thank you so much. 
Oh, wow. Hey William, I just want you to note these questions down so that we can hear from everyone who is joining us on the stage on Clubhouse especially. Okay. Um, so note this down, note, note this down. We'll give you a chance to answer them in a moment. Hey okay. Lavender, share with us your own perspectives uh, on the proverb and also any comments uh, to my conversation with uh, our brother and uh, our wonderful sister Ida. Thank you so much. Thank you, Simon. This is Lavender. I'm speaking from Seattle, Washington. My thoughts about today's proverb, um, Simon had mentioned how Ida has been supportive. Ida shows up anytime we are interviewing William. If you're not on YouTube live, <laughs> Ida is not just much. She's very beautiful. So you better get in there and see her. <laughs> and um, there's a lesson to us. Um, if you're not married, um, if you're looking for your significant other, or um, if you're working on something with somebody, that person will be a reflection of you. We're usually told, um, you can tell the kind of partner somebody has by just looking at them. My thoughts about today's proverb. Cabs, I see your thumbs up and I see you're always happy. You know, <laughs> you have a good person, so I'm happy for you. Anyway, my thoughts about today's proverb. If a child washes his hands, he could eat with kings. I liked a comment um, one of our family or village members here shared, Monica. She said, I am accountable for my behavior and for my success. I'm not sure if I need to say more about that, but I'll leave it at that. And also, um, this proverb is an encouragement to um, what we do throughout this life, what you wake up to do today will determine um, where you'll end up um, emotionally, physically, um, financially. Uh, it determines where you'll get to be in the future. A reminder about the information section on our YouTube channel, you'll find resources that we have um, when it comes to podcasting, um, some of the offers we have on Simon's book, Rooted in Love, and also our trip to Kenya. I hope all people coming with us uh, on February 1st are all packed. Don't forget your cameras, your smile, and... Um, your good energy for this trip july people coming with us in july 10th get prepared because um we'll get back with more information uh, on how february went thank you so much simon thank you thank you lavender uh, for all your hard work and uh, your continued support I want to move on to Stella. Stella, how are you? Uh, where are you joining us from? And what are your thoughts in regards to the conversation with William and Ida and also today's proverb? Stella, yeah, there, there you are. Go ahead. Uh -oh, he's in the hey Stella, I have a hard time hearing you. Uh, I wonder, I wonder if it's your connection. But uh, try again. There you are. It sounds much better now. Yeah, yeah. It must be your connection, Stella. So. Uh, we'll give you a moment uh, in a moment. We'll give you a moment in a moment. 
Kesio, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining us uh, today as well. It means a lot. It means a lot that you're here. Share with us your thoughts on the proverb and also any comment uh, for our special guests. Oh, I just love William and Ida. Ida just keeps it so real. And I really, really appreciate the nuggets that Ida's dropped. I, I, I don't know. You guys are just such a great model. I don't know. Just everything. Really, really cool. Um, I especially appreciated how I just, I don't know. I, I have so much to say, but it really is. I think it's already been said. It fits perfectly. This particular guest family that you have, Simon, fits perfectly well with this proverb. And um, it occurs to me that, um, you know, I came to say that I love the proverb because uh, it just shows the purity of heart of children that, yes, indeed, you know, children can sit and eat with kings. And when I see um, <laughs> this particular couple, it's like they are a king and a queen. And, and we're the children that gets to sit and eat with them. I just, it's just beautiful. So... Um, Speaking to you guys from uh, California, uh, by way of Ghana, uh, this is when I'm done speaking. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. That was really, really beautiful. William, keep taking notes. You will be able to reflect on all these comments too. Uh, I want to go on to Brother Rushi. I've missed you. I hope you're doing well. Happy New Year. Uh, take the floor and share with us your perspectives too. Salam. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Simon. I miss you as well. I, ha I have tuned in via YouTube, um, so I haven't missed much. I just haven't had the opportunity to come on Clubhouse um, to share my thoughts. Um, but I thank you so much uh, for for everything, and Happy New Year to you as well, and to Happy New Year to Lavenda also, to Stella. Um, and also the guests, uh, thank you for doing the work. Uh, yeah. Because it's, it's so much needed. You know, the children are the future, as Whitney, I think Whitney Houston says that. But they are the future. Um, and it's very important that we fertilize them so they can grow. Uh, as far as this proverb, this proverb really does speak to me. Uh, when I read this proverb, if a child washes his hands, he can eat with kings. It automatically threw me back to uh, being in Nairobi, you know, sitting in traffic in Nairobi. And uh, there's always so many kids that run up to your car asking for money or asking for something uh, to help them, you know, or some, some kids may be deviant, they may be trying to steal, but you don't, you don't know. It, 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 all those things that they do, they stem from the fact that they don't have much, so they're just trying to gain something. And this proverb really makes me think of uh, them, but you know, as far as a child, I, I think of the, the children to me aren't the genesis. They're not the beginning of the, of the issue. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think so much about the adults. You know, there's so many people that are over 18 years of age, over 21 years of age, that we consider them adults, but they're really children. Yeah. They're in a second childhood. And saying that, what I mean is uh, the things that they do, lying, stealing, cheating, abuse, abusing children, taking advantage of the elderly. Uh, there's, there's so many wrongdoing that we do as adults that really put us in a place of being children, you know? And if we just watch, if we are able to wash our hands, washing of hands is a, is a purification. We have to purify ourselves of evil, of wrongdoing. You know, in in the in the Muslim belief, wudu wudu is purification of your of your of yourself of your sins, and I think so much of that. You know, the kids. I mean, especially in our is a place like Nairobi where there's almost fifty to forty to fifty to sixty thousand kids 
living on the street, street children. You have families living on the street. But I always, when I ever, every time I see these kids, I say to myself, where, where, where does, where did this start? Mm-hmm. And it starts with the parents. You know, where mm-hmm. I always say to myself, where are the parents? Where, who, where do these kids come from? You know, how did, how did they get to this situation where you're on the street with nothing and your only uh, option is to steal? Where do you mm-hmm. learn that from? You know, you, you think about the abuse that these kids have to embrace at the hands of adults. You know, we call them adults, but they're really children. They're not, they're, they're immature. Immaturity is another, is, to me, is another form of being a child, you know? So uh, this this is a very deep proverb, and, you know, even though the children are our future, but we have to be able to, uh, as adults, we have to adult the adults sometimes, I believe in. I don't, sometimes there's not a, this, this, the starting could be the ending and the ending could be the starting. So I really think about that and I, I thank you for the time, Sammy. Wow, that's that's beautiful and really powerful at the same time. Uh, let's go to Kiden. Uh, Kiden, how are you? Where are you joining us from? And what are your perspective on this proverb and the conversation with uh, William and Ida? Thank you. Thank you, Simon. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Um, it feels so good to be back in this space. I'm usually never on Clubhouse unless it's uh, African Father and American podcast. So this is um, such a treat um, to hear William and Ida speak today. I was just like receiving all of the gems and, and just really feel like this was a really good session. Um, it's not often that we're graced with the presence of elders and people who are doing such good work. So it just feels good to learn from them. And, you know, social media is a lot of the time showing us negative images of um, relationships and men versus women and things like that, like how Simon touched on earlier. So it's really good to um, get some of your wisdom on how to uh, be better partners to one another. Thank you so much for that. Um, okay, how I think about the proverb. Wow, it's a deep one, and I agree with um, everything Roshi and Kiswa just said as well. For me, I'm also a mother. I have a three-year-old that runs rampant. <laughs> and so this one really resonated with me because I'm also telling him to wash his hands a lot, especially right before meals or when he wakes up in the morning. And I tell him, hey, you have to wash your hands or, you know, you can get sick from the germs after you play and or you can spoil things. And so it reminds me how good of a principle that is, even just for everyone, not just children. Like, if we don't cleanse our minds and our spirits, you know, like what Rushi was saying, we can, we can, you know, ruin things around us, spoil relationships, spoil opportunities, um, be one of those people who get online and, you know, spread negativity. So it is important to constantly make sure that we're, we're cleansing our minds and our spirits. So this is what this proverb reminds me of. And then the last part of it where it says, you know, he could eat with kings. Right. And so to me, I was thinking about like we hear kings and we're like, wow. But to me, it's actually the first part that holds most of the weight because it's the principle. Right. So whether the child eats with kings or not, to me, is the smaller part. It's just the principle of knowing, hey, keep your mind, heart, spirit, body cleansed so that you could be a good human being and um, contribute to your community in a good way. The same way that uh, Mr. Williams and um Ida are doing so thank you guys so much and stay blessed stay blessed stay blessed as well Kiden. hey jay how are you uh where are you joining us from and what are your thoughts uh in regards to today's conversation and today's proverb thank you for being here thank you so much brother simon and absolutely you know it's always a pleasure for me to be in this room and i'm coming to you from Seattle, Washington. Uh, Regarding this um, proverb, first I wanted to say something to your guest and to get their thoughts on it. I know you were running close to the ending time, is that um, most places were already paradised 
until they were colonized. So whether it was Africa, the United States, Australia, they were already paradise in terms of their um, that inhabitant's ability to care for themselves, care for the land, and care for each other. The willingness to give. Now, no place is perfect, but it became extremely imperfect once colonized. So I just want to quickly uh, hear your thoughts on that. The washing of the hands to me was that you have your sins of your fathers, um, things that they did that they were wrong, that were damaging, that were hurtful, that were painful, uh, that were devastating to you emotionally, psychologically, physically. And once you become an adult, some of that you have to shed, washing your hands, you have to shed your spirit, your heart, your mind, your body, your soul of that so that you can become, quote unquote, a productive citizen so that you don't repeat um, those sins and also contribute to the difficulties the society is experiencing right now that you're choosing to eat with kings. And when I think of kings, it is similar to kings or queens. Your mind has been cleansed. And now you think in a higher way, like a king or a queen. Your thinking is higher. Your thoughts are higher. They're better. Um, so that that's how I thought about this proverb, and that's what I think about places that have been colonized and getting back to the way they were. Um, this healthier for the land and this healthier for people. So uh, that's all I wanted to contribute. Thanks you so much, um, Brother Simon. You're very appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. You are also deeply, deeply appreciated. Uh, William and Ida, I want to give you this moment to just share your closing remarks, reflect on some of the comments, uh, and also let us know how we can stay connected with you and how we can support the amazing work that you all do. Thank you so much. Um, sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of your wonderful comments. Um, I'm very honored. Yes, <laughs> we are both very honored. Um, I thought about what the, the young woman, the last young woman said too, um, as everyone was talking, what I, it really made me think of, you know, you don't know someone's full story, right? So we, we're, we have very limited time here, but I can assure you that we didn't start here, um, especially as youth. And the reason we have so much gratitude, the reason we have, um, we're just so, we are inspired by our own life, you know, not because of who we are, but because of what has happened in our lives. Uh, we look around and go, can you believe that we're here compared right. to where we were? You know, how we grew up. I grew up in a poor neighborhood in Brooklyn, New York. So I never imagined that I would be an international speaker, that people would know me, you know, in different parts of the world. I, it was a dream, you know, and that's what I really thought about. A part of that proverb was, he could eat with kings, meaning just like what the young woman said, if you change your mindset, if you change, mm -hmm. if you prepare yourself, you could be the one that sits at the table with the king if you are prepared, if you move forward in that direction. And I can assure you that that, ha that is our life. This is a reflection of us, the preparation, the perseverance, and that a door was open. And I will tell you, for those of you who are listening, maybe when I was young, that was my goal. If I get to sit at a king's table, great. But if not, I am still so incredibly blessed. I meet kings and queens all the time. And I am so blessed by the community that we get to be a part of. So um, I know we're, we're short on time, but those who have questions, we'd be more than happy to answer them. Um, you can reach me at Love Built Life and William at My Quest to Teach. And um, I'll let him close us okay. out. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Um, reflecting back on all the gems that, you know, everyone shared and all the knowledge, um, you, you share your passion and you share um, the values and morals that you have, which is really important. 
because you never know who's listening to you. You never know who's following you. You never know who's watching you. And interesting enough, you know, kids will look at you. They may never say anything, but you inspire the people around you. And um, I, I try my best to keep myself humble. Um, if I get the big head a little bit, um, somebody mentions <laughs> something every once in a while and, and, and it refocuses on, on and uh, we joke about it every once in a while, but we keep it real. Um, and it's, it's bigger than both of us together, uh, which is important. And we try to remember too, that wherever we go, um, and we've shared this with our kids, that we don't have the luxury of acting like we're crazy, like, you know, just showing out, just, you know, being disrespectful or, or anything like that, because, you know, it just takes one or two instances of you doing something inappropriately or, or something happens that you react, um, not in a kind way, um, that other people will see, oh, you know, you know, th this is out of character for them or, you know, oh, that's how they respond and react. And it is challenging. It is hard sometimes. But again, like I said, we rely on our faith and we rely on the guidance that, you know, our connection with Christ and the Lord and our spirit. And the gentleman that was talking about the kids, I try to reflect back on, I shared this before, um, on the life of Malcolm X and how he changed his life, how things that happened to him when he was in school and his teacher told him what he couldn't be. Um, so we all have to be positive in our, you know, in the kids that are in our lives, what they can be, that they can eat with kings and queens, that our young ladies are queens and they are powerful and they are smart and intelligent and creative. Um, our young men are kings. They are smart. They are intelligent. Um, they're powerful in a good way. And again, as going back to social media, not to let social media influence you, but to respect each other. And again, we may not always agree on everything, but we have to respect each other and acknowledge our differences and, and work with our differences as well, because that, that's what makes us a beautiful society and a beautiful community. And to learn from our elders. I think the media has taken the idea away from we can learn from our elders. And in Africa, what did we do? We had storytelling. And I, and I can't remember the, the appropriate term for who the storyteller were. It was the griot, I believe that's the term. Uh, but we have to go back to listening to and talking to our elders. And I even, I, you know, on a regular basis, talk about our grandparents, what they taught us, how they lived, how they grew up. And because of them, you know, that helped prepare us further in life and the mindset. Now, we're not talking about monetarily money, but we're talking about wisdom that we got from them that we can share with others to help others grow. And um, um, that, that's the key and important thing because that the money will come, but you have that passion. But you also have to remember, even when the money comes, how are you going to invest it in the lives of others? and not just put it in the bank and sit it there. But how are you going to take it and invest it in a school, invest it in young people, invest it in programs in the community, and help maintain the growth that, that needs to be grown? And as, as Aida said, our, her brand is uh, Love Built Life. Mine is My Quest to Teach. So that's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. That's the, the best ways to um, Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Clubhouse as well. We haven't been on in a little bit, but yeah. we're getting back into it. But we appreciate everybody's input and encouragement. And uh, it's not easy. Mm. There is struggle, but you work through the struggle. And and to be honest and transparent, I'm not always an easy person to, to talk to. And because I get passionate and I get fired up and I'm like, it's okay. It'll be fine. I'm like, no, we got to make changes right now. <laughs> but uh, it does work out. Guys. Gentlemen, support the ladies in your life. Yes. Support yes. them. Talk with them, not at them. Mm -hmm. Sit down, close your mouth, and listen to what they're saying and embrace what they're saying. Even if you have to take a moment and walk away and think about it. <laughs> think about what you're saying. It's all for help. And, you know, nobody's trying to take away anything from you, but we're all trying to build you up. And if I could just quickly add, 
I am a very intelligent uh, woman. I have, I am also an educator. Um, I teach at a university. I'm also a certified um, VR professional educator. Um, so we have very similar credentials mm -hmm. and I have a long list of credentials as well, but that means nothing in the long run. And I have no problem allowing my husband to take the lead. And that's what I, I want women to understand too. It does not diminish you to allow him to take the lead and you support that lead or vice versa. It doesn't diminish you as a man if she's taking the lead and because there may be times when, excuse me, I'm taking a lead in something and he'll be supportive of what I'm doing. Right. But for the most part, I just, you know, I hear a lot of times women have a really a, like a pushback against that. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with supporting what it is that he's doing. And it does not diminish you in any way. I do not in any way feel diminished. I know that I stand on my own and I know he stands on his own, but we do stand better together. That's an excellent place to end our conversation today. I can't wait to connect with you all uh, again. And uh, I thank all our viewers and our listeners. Uh, remember to uh, give this video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and also comment down below with your perspectives on today's proverb. Thank you again, uh, William and Ida. I'm deeply, deeply grateful. Peace and love to everyone. Thank you, everyone. You. Thank you, too. And thank you, Simon. African father in America. You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokelo, live from Seattle, Washington, USA.